Hello and welcome once again to Dave and Marlo, the little Blazer's Edge podcast that tries hard and usually brings you some quality content about your Portland Trailblazers. I am Dave Deckard here together with Marlo Ferguson Jr., the most amazing analyst you can find this side of the Mississippi, except he's on that side of the Mississippi. Actually, Marlo, how are you doing? We're pretty good. Pretty good. Last time we talked, uh, we were on a long losing streak coming in with two wins. So always good to have those good spirits coming with us today for this podcast. Yeah, except you know what? I had just something terribly disturbing today. I mean, the moment that every father fears. And my son is, is 15 years old now, and I've you know, we put off put off the bad things as much as possible, but it finally happened today. He um he came to me and he said, Dad, I gotta tell you, I heard this song. It, it was called <laughs> Don't Stop Believin'. And I loved it. And I'm going, no, that's Journey. You can't like Journey. He's like, yeah, they're really, really good. I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> that's, that's just terrible. I can't. Oh. So, yeah, now I'm, I'm kind of processing my son being a Journey fan. Oh, man. At least that's a classic. I mean, if there's, if there's any silver lining to it, that's a classic song. It could have been worse. So. I know, but it's like <laughs> a gateway. Pretty soon it's going to be REO Speedwagon and then Sticks, and then he's going to be up in his room listening to Steve Winwood and Peter Frampton. I, I, haven't, heard, I haven't heard of any of those people, but. <laughs> Good. Can I send. Take your word can I send him to live with you for a month? <laughs> it would send him away to camp, <laughs> music camp. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Man. So anyway, the Blazers are doing better than that. Uh, great win on the road against Utah and great win at home against Indiana. Uh, what did you take from that Utah game? Let's dive right into it. Why I that frankly, that one surprised me. Two words. Um, Anthony Simons. You know, I think that if he's playing them again, he's going to be licking his shots because they, they did not adjust whatsoever in that first half. And it was just he was making shots where you were thinking to yourself, like, he's got to miss it. And he didn't. It was just you can kind of call it off from the couch. Uh, Yusuf Nurkic, dribble handoff, pick and roll, right into a shot, and, and the Jazz weren't ever going to step up to the level of the screen, and, and they were able to ride that momentum. So it was it was a great win, a uh, great great high character win for them. It's one of the things about the Blazers this year is that they do make you adjust, right? I mean, so if you go up on the screen, they're going to either go past or they're going to pass it, right? But if you don't, they can hit the shot. And God forbid you give both of them space because Nurkic rolling to the hole is a pretty good option too. So like whatever, I think that's a little bit of the difference between this year's Blazers and past years. Whatever you take away, they will find something else. It won't always work, but it's there and they're comfortable doing it. And I think that's the luxury of having a team that has three 20-point scores is that you can't take away everything. And I think it made all the difference in the Indiana game because in that uh, Clippers game, you know, when, when Grant and Simons had cooled off, you know, they had trouble finding offense, had, had trouble figuring out where they were going to go. You had a third player to that. Uh, it's just an entirely different, entirely different monster. But I think at the same time, uh, Portland kind of, they looked like a team that benefited from the, the rest advantage that they had. You know, they had a two-day layoff before the Indiana game. Uh, the Jazz were on the second half of a back-to-back, and the Pacers didn't have Tyrese Halliburton. So I think it bodes well tonight for the Blazers when they play Denver. But uh, they, they definitely benefited from having uh, some rest advantages as well as having one of their, their, their key stars back. So a lot of things going for them at this point in time. 
Yeah, we'll take on Lillard in just a second, but I, I agree with you. And this one of the things to be excited about is that Portland has been grinding pretty hard in this first 24 games. Now, they did have a little mini break uh, kind of halfway through it, and they have one now, but they kind of need that. I mean, they need that physically a little bit because they play their starters a lot. But also, I think they just need it mentally, emotionally. Look, they they dove yeah. into this season with training camp, new people, here we go, play. And it really worked for them. But the NBA catches up with you, right? Both physically and opponents. These little short breaks will probably allow the Blazers to reset and to reframe certain things to where they come out better on the other end, both physically and in terms of their comfort level with each other, I think. I think it's exactly that, too. Um, on the Blazers broadcast during that Pacers game, they had kind of talked about it. Uh, Chancey Billups saying he was going to kind of shit it down for a few days and then having that that you know three or four day break in between action. I thought it was huge for them. So I think it's a big thing in having a, a player's coach where a player like that, like Chancey Billups, knows that, you know, sometimes you can play too much basketball. And they had this situation in the preseason where they, they kind of struggled and he was like, okay, just get back to just, just playing basketball, just not thinking too much about it. So uh, that's 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 one of the, the keys in the grind of a long 82-game season. So I think it's, it's going to really bode well for them, especially since they've kind of gotten past the, the hard part of the schedule and it's going to get easier for them. You can see them stringing together some wins now over the next couple of weeks. It's super interesting because this is something you would do with a veteran successful team, right? But the Blazers are actually a really young team and only modestly successful so far. So it's a bold move. And I think you're right. There are a lot of coaches who would compensate for that by saying, okay, now we got three days to practice. Let's drill this in the young guys. Uh, caveat, asterisk, the Blazers have also suffered a lot of injuries. So they have to be careful, like not to overstress. But I do agree with you that it's, it's an interesting and bold and probably productive move for Coach Billups to treat this like a veteran team, even though they're kind of not. And I think part of that also is his trust in Lillard, who obviously came back on Sunday. I think it's going to benefit them, too, in just the way that they play, you know, to kind of go along with your point. They're, they're a young team. They, they, they're gritty. They're aggressive, feisty. Um, and they, they play a little bit of a run-and-gun style. You know, the pace doesn't show up, but they play with a lot of intensity. So having those, those breaks in, in, in between action is, is going to be huge. And I think you can kind of see it in the records. You know, this team is is three and one when they've they've had uh, two or more days off. So having that's going to be key. And it's a, it's a small sample size, but kind of shows you what this team is capable of when they can get legs under them. Uh, Josh Hart comes to mind immediately. Uh, he, they brought out in that in that Pacers game. He could have rested. He could have gotten one more, a couple more days on that that ankle, and uh, came back fresh. But he's going to be really fresh now. We talked about Gary Payton a second being able to come back pretty soon. So. Everything's kind of rolling their way um, at this point in time as far as health goes. And you, you just hope that uh, Damian Lillard and those guys kind of continue to, you know, get back on the right track with that as well. Now, let's hold it there for a second. I mean, again, we're going to get to Lillard, but I'm getting a lot of questions about Gary Payton and whether he's really coming back and when he's coming back. And it's a, it's a huge fog, right? I mean, uh, a couple of writers have, have written about it, but it's mostly been speculation. First of all, I mean, do you think he's really coming back? And second of all, uh, how much difference is he going to make? I think the, the core situation that he had is, is no joke. You know, that's a, that's a spot on the body where it's like if you twist wrong, you adjust wrong, it, it's, it's tricky. Um, I think sooner or later he's going to be back out there and he's going to make a, a huge difference. I think off the, off the court, you're already starting to see that. Um, you know, the, the Blazers commentators, they love to kind of joke about you know, stealing, him stealing the candy on the sidelines and how great of a, a report he's built with Jeremy Grant and those guys. So. Um, I think he's going to be a hand-in-glove fit. 
no pun intended to the <laughs> to the Gov nickname, but uh, defensively, he's a, a a great player. And I don't think you can have too many of those kind of players, you know, especially since, you know, it's so, so hard to sustain that level of play every night. Having another guy that you can kind of plug in when, when Josh Hart's not playing well, uh, Justice Winslow's not playing well, and you got different guys you can put in, I think it's going to make this a lot easier for this, this Blazers group. Um, and, and if he's made any kind of, you know, incremental ing- agreement or adjustment in his offensive game improvement, uh, it'll be a huge bonus for this team. Yeah, I mean, depth, something they so sorely need especially with these injuries, veteran presence, something they sorely need even when they're healthy. Because look, okay, Shaden Sharp, brilliant sometimes, non-factor other times, right? Uh, even Nasir Little, I think he's he's more of a factor more often, but he's really, really injured right now. He's out with a broken hip. And uh, also, like, look, he's been impactful. I love how he's playing but he hasn't been the kind of impactful that makes you sit up and go oh okay this is it i mean they're still kind of looking for that mid-bench role player right and uh peyton certainly could qualify yeah it's, it's going to be really interesting interesting to see how it plays out uh we've seen the blazers really get sort of creative with their lineups i love the way they ran with the jazz with the uh almost like a four big lineup where they had nurkish in there they had uh nurkish started Watford started Jeremy Grant and Justice Winslow. So you're putting a lot of size out there. Um, and that's one of the things I liked about this Blazers group this year is that they've been very versatile in terms of what they've done. And just adding Graydon Payne is going to make a huge difference to that, um, just in terms of the lineups you can play. And we've seen young guys like Jabari Walker step in six minutes in and, and, and make an impact. So I don't think it's going to take long for, for uh, Payton to make an impact just because of what his game is. You know, hustle is one of those things you don't you don't lose. A jump shot kind of comes and goes, but c- comes and goes, but uh, hustle and ambition is one of the things you you can bring in any situation. So uh, I don't think it's going to be too difficult for him to fit. Yeah. I, and especially, you know, defensively, honestly, that's still the point. Well, I, I shouldn't say that because there have been games where the Blazers have kind of wilted offensively and they have no chance in that. If the offense is not working, they can't win. But Damian Lillard being back should solve a lot of that. And when they were, the problem is they only had two, right? They had basically Grant and Simons. One of them's off. It doesn't work. With the three-headed monster in there, the Hydra, uh, they're going to be okay offensively. But they still have defensive breakdowns, okay? They've got to they've got to solidify that. It's not their ceiling seems pretty good right now. That floor is still a little bit a sh- little bit shaky, and I think Peyton and those mid bench players are the the ones who raise that floor. Yeah, you can never have too many of those guys. Um, and I like what the Blazers have kind of done. Uh, recently, they haven't went to the zone as much, you know, just from what I've seen. Um, they're kind of trying to rely on the man-to-man principles and, and, and trying to uh, just match up with guys. So I think it's 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 a nice change. And I like that even though it's it's had some success, you love to see Chauncey Billups uh, making adjustments, trying different things, seeing how they work out. Uh, they had a point in that, in that Pacers game where the Pacers were basically destroying them on fast break transition opportunities. And in the second half, they kind of locked that up. So having a coach and a defensive scheme in which you can make adjustments quickly, that's key. I don't think that you can you can understate how important that is, and, and having guys that can come in and do that too. So um, I don't I don't think that we're going to see that top ten defense that we saw earlier in the year. But if they can kind of you know just muddle around top fifteen, top twenty with the offense they have, I think they're going to give themselves a chance to really be a, a, a true postseason contender. 
Yeah, I like that uh, observation, and it's something we called, right? We've been, we were talking about this two weeks ago, like the zones on a clock. Now, I don't think they'll ever get rid of it entirely, because, frankly, I think they do it pretty well. But, look, this is something you throw in for five minutes or a quarter in the playoffs, you know what I mean? And you keep it sharp, but you're, this is not your bread and butter defense. What? Okay, so they've got Peyton back. Let's pretend. And let's pretend he makes some kind of impact. What else do they need to, to be better defensively? What are they missing? They're missing. Um, I think that it's got to come down to just Anthony Simons and Damian Lillard and those guys just continuing to take on that onus, you know, understanding that it's one thing to be an offensive star. It's another to be a, a two-way player that can that doesn't that can't be exploited, that you can't pick on and take matchups. So it'd be fun to see, um, in particular, this different matchup tonight because in that first game, I noticed that they had kind of kind of targeted Simons a little bit. I don't want to pick on him because he's been he's been sensational. Uh, but I think just those guys, the stars continuing to take on the challenge of, of being great defenders, uh, continuing to mix up when they put Nurkic. Sometimes they run him in the drops. Sometimes they bring him up to the level of the screen. So just being versatile with the, the, the matchups, opportunities, and, and defending the three-point line. I think that's that's the biggest thing for them right now at this point in time. Yeah, although I would also add, you know what I'm really missing as the season goes along is shot blocking. You know, there's just not a lot of intimidation factor in the middle. And that's not Nurkic's fault. It's not in his portfolio. Never has been. I don't expect, I'm not faulting Yusuf Nurkic. Hear that clearly. But I can't help but think, like, some intimidation factor in the middle would be nice. Right? Because, I, actually, I think the Blazers rely on Nurkic to help. They, don't, they seldom rely on him to, to stop somebody. Right? But he's a good help defender. If they had a help defender who could also swat away shots, who made you think twice, who made you hesitate a little bit, I think that would shore up a lot of problems. And that would then allow some of the uh, wings to extend further. I, to me, it looks like even when they're defending, and I know they're not, you know, the guards aren't great defenders, but it looks like they're always kind of halfway looking over their shoulder. Like there's there's a little bit of hesitation. There's a little bit of unsurety. I would love to see them just go out there and be able to go all out knowing if this doesn't work, somebody's behind me who's going to erase this. And the crazy thing is they have the athleticism to do it. You know, you, when you're putting out a lineup with Jeremy Grant, and, and Justice Winslow and guys like that, you've got players that can go attack the ball at the high point and, and get a block. But I think their best defense has really been their offense at this point in time. Uh, part of me kind of wonders what they can do as far as the free agency. Uh, there's a guy out there that maybe you can bring in as an intimidator. Um, I, I don't know. I just watching the, the Pacers in the Jazz game, watching Walker Kessler get blocks and, and Jalen Smith. I'm just I, I couldn't help but think like, man, what if the Blazers had that a, a bona fide rim protector that made you think twice about coming to the rim? Um, it hasn't been an issue that I've, I've worry too much about, but I definitely see where you're coming from. Is there somebody you think that they could probably go after and maybe adjust that a little bit? I've been looking because I wrote <laughs> that article like, you know, a couple of days ago, uh, you know, that gave the archetype and people are like, well, who are you going to get? Yeah, I know. That's the tough part. But the archetype I had in there was Rudy Gobert, which obviously you can't get at this point. But to, to understand, narrow down some of the skill set. You don't need a jack of all trades at center. But Space eating, shot blocking in the middle with some mobility, and offensive rebounding. Is there someone out there with that skill set? Well, I bet you could find some centers out there, and I bet you wouldn't even have to trade away to get them because centers are, you know, not high on the value list anymore. I love Drew Eubanks, and I love his hustle, but he doesn't quite bring that element, you know. And I don't think we should they should get rid of Drew either. But where is that 
guy out there where you go, okay, in the G League or somewhere, you go, okay, this guy's going to swat shots. This guy's going to, this guy's going to be my backstop just in the lane. I don't know. I, I have to think that's gettable. I just haven't been able to do the, you know, to figure out quite who that is yet. It's funny you bring up uh, Juju Banks. This has nothing to do with the defense, but I was watching him play and I thought about it. I have never seen Juju Banks take a two-handed shot ever. It's always the little floater in the paint or, or I don't know what it is, but he took a shot. Uh, they gave him the ball like at the half court line for a three-pointer and he did a spin and then did a one-handed hook shot over his shoulder from like 50 feet away. <laughs> I just, I've never seen him take a two-handed shot. He's an awesome player, but it was one of those things that kind of stuck out to me that I, I've never seen that from him. Um, and it, it, I don't know, it was, it was kind of funny to me seeing that. No, and it's funny because you look at Eubanks and you go, like, this ain't right, right? I mean, this is, you know, he says, <laughs> uh, who is this? And then you realize that he shoots literally 800% from the field. And you go, dude, I'm not going to argue with you. You just go, I'm not going to argue with you. I'm going to mess at you with you. I'm, I'm not even going to look at you. All I'm going to do is put you in. You go play. We're good. Drew is, is near perfect in that kind of role, that second, third center role. He's an awesome, awesome player. I think he's definitely, I wrote for the Spurs before I wrote for the Blazers, and I kind of knew a little bit about that. Uh, but just the fact that he's been able to sustain that to this level, you know, I'm, you, you can only get by so far with energy. But he's made himself a nightly a nightly rotation fixture. Um, and I, I I just like the way the Blazers have their depth lined up at that center position with Jabari Walker coming up. He's um, started to slip up a little bit, just a little bit, in terms of his play a little bit uh, to me. Uh, Greg Brown, I thought he had some nice minutes in that. It was at the Utah game where he hit a three-pointer, made some, some decent defensive plays. But in between Nurkic, Eubanks, uh, Grant, all those guys, I think you, you've got a nice, nice core. I think you add one more to that, one more defensive-minded player we talked about. I think it's key, but uh, definitely it could be a lot worse, you know, for this Blazers thing, for sure. Which brings up to me, and again, I promise, folks, we'll get to Damian Lillard, but uh, Justice Winslow, how has he looked the last few games to you? I think it's it's kind of similar to what we talked about before. It's just he's one of those guys where his impact didn't really show up. And they kind of talked about this on, on the Blazers feed where he had he had two points in, I think, like 39 minutes, but he, he rebounded well, he defended well. He just does so many other things that, you can kind of forgive him if, he, if his shot's not there. I think he takes a, a, a tad bit too many of those corner three-pointers. Like, I, even being a Blazers supporter, I don't think they're ever really going to go in like that. But uh, just the energy that he brings, I think, is is, is, is huge for this team. Um, so I can't really complain too much about how he does it. I like the way he played in that in that, that four-big lineup I brought up with uh, Nurkic, Grant, Wofford, and, and, and himself. They played really, really well on the glass. Um and that size advantage is key. And the fact that he's able to play point guard and do different things, I think it, it helps the, the Blazers schematically where they can run Dame off ball. They can run horn sets with uh, a guard, guard on guard screen, whatever you want to do with it. So he's, he's a he's a luxury to have at this point in time. And, and I think he's I punched his weight in terms of what we kind of expected from him at this point in his career. I agree with that. He's just looked a titch off the last couple games to me. And I don't know. Everybody gets some. Everybody gets a, a weekend. Right. So it, it's all right. Uh, but he's one of the guys I got my eye on a little bit. Uh, it just, I guess my standards are too high. You know how you get surprised. You eat at a restaurant the first time and it's way better than you expected. And you go, damn, that's the best restaurant in the world. And like the 12th time you're like, okay, this is good. You know? And it's like, maybe, maybe I will admit, maybe I'm doing that with Justice Winslow, but just the timing on the passes, uh, as you mentioned, the shot selection, 
I think even a little bit the defense, although I still think that he's head and shoulders above most of his teammates. So I'm not complaining about that. But I'm interested to see if the Blazers can keep him engaged and in the flow, especially as they start adding players back like Damian Lillard and if Gary Payton II comes in and when Nasir Little comes in back. Does Winslow still have that same cachet? We'll see. Now, uh, Dame. Okay, so talk to me about, I mean, obviously there's the Indiana game. But just talk to me in general about the difference that Dame brings. We've been talking all season about how this team has done pretty good without him. And Anthony Simons has been great. Jeremy Grant's been spectacular. Everybody's been doing great. It's been good, 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 right? But Dame still makes a difference, right? Absolutely. I think it's just the presence. You know, we talked about it a little bit last week. I think it's a situation where it's like you're on the playground getting bullied and now you got some reinforcements. You got guys that are going to come in there. <laughs> Come and save the day for you. So David, Dave is the big brother, right? Dave is your Dave. big brother. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Keep going. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but that's funny. That's awesome. <laughs> he's, a, he's an awesome player. Uh, I, I think you can just see the different swagger that these guys have. And uh, I don't want to be negative, but I kind of wonder how Anthony Simons kind of sustains that aggressiveness when, when Lillard's there because he's a different player without Lillard, I think, when he's, you know, the guy, the number one guy. Uh, but just the way they play when they have him on the floor, you know, in the fourth quarter, a lot more calm, a lot more composed. Uh, I thought Lillard looked great in that in that Pacers game at, at times. Um, and just just having him on the floor, we talked about it with the, the clutch stats. You know, they they go from being the uh, the fourth best fourth quarter scoring team to the 26 when he's not there. So that's a, a huge difference, astronomical difference. So just having him on the floor, um, he doesn't even have to score. Just him being there, his presence, opening up different opportunities for guys to score because defense isn't gonna uh, take it. They're not going to be lax on him. So having that all-star is a, is a is luxury. It's an absolute luxury. So that, that's probably the best I can put it. Yeah, that, that fourth quarter scoring, I mean, underline that. Look, uh, Dame goes hot and cold sometimes. And frankly, Dame lets other people score. In the first three quarters, he's, you know, he's kind of almost agnostic sometimes. Hey, is, Simon's got it going? Go. And Dame will still look for you in the fourth. He doesn't, you know, take over overtly. But there is that sense where that's his time and he's going to judge the situation. And if this team needs him, he's going to be there. I don't think any other player has that quite that way. Simons has been trying. Now, Simons, Simons has the pattern of that, but the execution of it uh, and kind of the heart and the positive feedback loop still needs some development time. I would agree with that. It's almost like trying to create an encore of a great movie. You know, it's, it's tough to replicate all of the great parts. Um, and 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 it's kind of it's kind of easy to forget. Simon's is 23 years old. Uh, Lillard was such a, a poised player at that age that it's kind of it's tough to replicate that completely. But he's done a great job of it, and it wouldn't surprise me to see both of those guys in the, the All Star conversations in February. Um, and with Lillard, you know, he he's, he's still the best player on his on his team. You know, even when he's when he's not 100%. I think people would know and they respect that, that, that they know when he's playing. It's a, it's a different team. Played a different pace. Uh, just a different calmness, a different composure. So it's just, can't say enough about it. And it's just great to see him healthy and you just hope that he sustains that because it's been a, a rough last couple of months for him in terms of just health-wise. Yeah, maybe the comparison is uh, Simons is a really good Beatles tribute band. You know, like, okay, yeah, no, that's the music. That's exactly it. But Lillard is John Paul George and Ringo, right? Okay, so you you look like him, you sound like him, but there's something just a little special about the original, huh? So yeah, and by the way, 
do you expect this to have how much do you expect this to impact their winning? I mean, we'll look at the schedule in a minute, but would you say that Dame being back is going to prevent the kind of big losing streak that we saw while he was injured? Absolutely. I think because superstar players like that, they have the ability to take over a game. They, 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 they're not a, put the team on their backs and they're not going to lose this game tonight. And Dame's been doing that year after year after year. And you know, you look at the schedule. They, they, like I said, they've gotten past the toughest part of it. They had the toughest twenty-game schedule to start the year off. So now they're at a point now where they, they got a long road road stand coming up in December, the end of December. Uh, but they've got some home games, some winnable home games. And I don't really see too many games on that schedule up until you know late January that they really like. Oh my goodness, I don't think they're gonna win that game. So it's gonna be a great chance for them to get their their win totals together and, and having having Lillard there is gonna make a big difference with that. I'm not going to disagree with you, but I'm going to shade it just slightly for me for two reasons. First of all, even with Lillard there, they were winning mostly close games. So we need to see them like win decisively and consistently before I'm ready. And, and, and again, I don't want to slight Dame at all. I think he makes an enormous difference. But how much that translates into wins... I, I I think it's most likely what you just said is most likely to happen. I have a little percentage out there like, okay, let's see, because those games were close. Here's the other thing, though, about the Blazers in the last decade. When you put their backs against the wall, they will generally play above their heads. As soon as they relax, they stink. All right. And I did hear a fair amount of talk this week in the locker room, thanks to the Oregonian and Jason Quick and all those people who are in there, quoting the Blazers saying, woo, we made it past a tough spot in our schedule. Woo, it's easy from now on. It's just like, okay, hold on, time out. Uh, I get it. Uh, Utah win, Indiana win. Love it, love it, love it. Um go out go out and win eight or ten <laughs> okay let's 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 not let's not take the pedal off the gas here because you know what you're still a couple games above 500 uh you're still only three games out of first place so that kind of success is attainable let's really really want it and go get it i see what you're saying i think you can look at both sides of the spectrum on that you know what i'm saying they, they got a really young team you've kind of you've kind of brought up that average age i think it's like 24 or something like that so uh, it's definitely easy for you to kind of take your foot out the gas pedal when you when you start to get past the tougher parts of the schedule. But at the same time, like with the way the Western Conference is right now, one through thirteen is separated by like six games. So you lose three in a row, you you might be in a play in. So I, I think that they're going to see that and, and kind of adjust to that that part of it. Um, and I think that they've got a nice mixture of of, of players that like Josh Hart. I, I talk about it all the time. Josh Hart is one of the, the the best hustle players in the game. He's never played a postseason game, so you know he's chomping at the bit to get to that that moment and I think that it's gonna motivate guys like that. Damian Lillard, I think he understands what he has with this team. So having a vocal leader like that, um NBA.com, the GMs, they they ask at the end of the year, who's the best leader in the NBA? So most of them say Damian Lillard. So you have a situation like that, I think it's gonna be a great chance for him to kind of show that that part of him and, and Chauncey Billups, he's a guy that played in the NBA. He's a player's coach. He knows, you know, how easy it is to, to become lax. So having all these different variables going going with them, I think it's gonna Help them a little bit. I could be a little bit over over optimistic, but I think they're gonna find a way to to kind of weather that storm. They're gonna there's gonna be some some of those um games that you should win that you, you think back on, but even the, the close games, I think it's sustainable with a guy like Lillard, but it, it might not be without him. So I look forward to it. I think you're gonna be right in the end. But part of it might be because this is a different team, and I don't mean more talented team. I mean look, 
they have a lot of young players, right? So theoretically, Billups could go, all right, you know, we're slumping a little bit, and I get it. But hey, you guys, you guys don't have your contracts yet. You guys are trying to prove something. In fact, you guys want playing time. Nick, go. You go. This is your time to run, you know? And you, you look at the Shaden Sharps, and you look at Keon Johnson, and even Noss, you know, the guys who have something to prove where that was very much not the case under the final years of Terry Stotts, because you always got those veteran mercenaries who are in their 13th year of their career, uh, or at least their ninth. And just like, you know, I got it. I got this contract. That's why I'm here and uh, I'm good to go. So maybe they can play that dynamic a little bit young and hungry uh, to get you past the <laughs> look. If it's, if it's oatmeal again, if you're starving, that oatmeal is pretty good, right? So go get it. <laughs> I think you make a great point with that. And uh, I'm just hoping that the, the on-court kind of aspect kind of uh, plays into the, the, the schedule, scheduling, how it goes. Um, and what I mean by that is like Chauncey Billups, he's proven he's a guy that he's going to mix things up. They were up 16 against Indiana and he he, ring, he runs out his own. Like who runs his own when you're up 16? Just to, just change the rhythm of it. So um, having a coach is going to keep keep you on your toes, keep you surprised. I think it's going to be really important. Um, and as you mentioned, you know, the Blazers had guys come in and out of the lineup. So some nights you get 30 minutes, some nights you get 10. So I think that the, the players are going to kind of, you know, really focus in on, on their, their rotation, their minutes, and, and try to make the most of it. Um, and, and having a situation where you don't know how, many, how much time you're going to get, I think it's going to be very important. And I think it's going to be something that kind of wills this team to, to play with urgency, play with an aggressiveness, and uh, focus in night in, night out against the, a lot of Western Conference teams coming up. Yeah, and keep in mind that this is where tiebreakers are won or lost, right? Uh, you got obviously division winners, but then also conference record. And it looks very much like the West is going to be. Now, it's not going to stay the same as it is right now, obviously. As you said, the Blazers are three games out of 14th and three games out of first. Okay, so, you know, it's like that's going to change. Uh, but uh, there are going to be a lot of teams there in the middle. And the distance between, say, third and ninth might be pretty tight. So you definitely want to win these games that are going to uh, provide you tie-breaking edges. Uh, obviously, you want to win every game, but some of these are super important. For instance, and let's talk about this upcoming schedule here. Uh, tonight, uh, we have the Denver Nuggets. They are playing right after we record here. So we won't hit that too hard. Just give us, I mean, what do you think are the keys here? And uh, how do you think the Blazers will do? I've talked a little bit about um, Anthony Simons in the, in the first quarters of games. Hasn't been as great compared to the second, third, and fourth quarters. But just based off the confidence he's going to have after that first game they played, I'm looking for him to kind of kind of set the tone here. Um, and the Blazers, they, they entered tonight 5-5 five and five at home. That's the one thing I've been looking at. I want to see this team become a better – they've got such a great home court advantage with the fans and, and just the vibe that the, the Motor Center has. So four straight games at home, uh, a great opportunity to get to win all three of those. You know, they got Denver tonight, uh, Minnesota without Cat, back-to-back. Um, so great opportunity here tonight to try to get on top. I think they, I think they get a win here today, just riding the momentum. Uh, Damian Lillard's first home game, our second home game back. So I'm looking for them to get maybe a 10 point win. Yeah. And Denver's been a little bit hobbled. And the thing with Denver is their defense has not been good. And that's, that's been a major change. And you wonder if they're looking at Jeremy Grant going, wish we still had him, uh, in any <laughs> case. So yeah. And, and if you don't look, here's, here's another thing. If you don't defend the Blazers, you're done. 
right? If you're if you got a bad defense, Portland will roast you. And I said it the other night, it was three or four games ago. I can't remember which team it was exactly, but they threw a zone against the Blazers. I was like, no, 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 you don't. That may look clever and you may be going tit for tat there, but uh, you, you do not want to throw a zone against Portland because they can park Nurkic right in the middle of it if they need to, or Simons can shoot on the angle all night long if they need to, or someone can drive and dish to the side because you're collapsed with the zone. You you cannot, and especially they were a little bit weak with it. They were a little bit sloppy. It's like, oh, they're going to change that in about a nanosecond. And they did, right? So, uh, so you're checking up a Denver win, and then you've got uh, uh, home back to back Saturday and Monday against the Timberwolves. You think they win both of those? I'm going for the juggler. I'm going to say they beat Denver, they beat Minnesota back to back, and they beat San Antonio. And we come into this podcast next week, and the Blazers are 17 and 11, something like that. I'm going to go with that. Uh, the Dallas game kind of scares me. I think Dallas kind of has their number; they can hit shots when they need to, uh, but. Over these next four, I'm going with the Blazers to go a perfect 4-0. Uh, kind of rock the momentum with having their leader back and and, and guys just continuing to, to re reestablish that chemistry that they had in the early season. So I'm going to go with the win. I'm going to go with a win over Denver, win over Minnesota, win over Minnesota, and a win at San Antonio. Marlowe's going for, Easy the, week, for the Grand Slam. 4-0 <laughs> this week. All right. Well, and we should point out that that San Antonio game begins the Blazers' next extended road trip from mid-December through Christmas. They're going to be on the road. San Antonio, Dallas, Houston, Oklahoma City twice there, and then Denver two days before Christmas. Look, Dallas and Denver, you've got to think, are tough, although Dallas probably tougher at this point. The rest of those games are kind of winnable. Do you think there's a chance that the Blazers could be on the verge of kind of a special run here? One of those that, you know, turns their season back around. I kind of err on the side of caution when it comes to those uh, six-game road trips or, or long road trips. You know, they they, they they leave on the 14th. They don't come back home until the, the, the 26th. So that's a 12-day. You don't get to sleep in your bed for 12 days. It, it's going to be hard for you to, to get going with that. Um, and these are games that, against teams that the Blazers historically they've had some trouble with. Even Oklahoma City, they've not been as pristine against Oklahoma City as they maybe should be. And this is a team that's really starting to find their groove with Shea Gilles, Alexander, Josh Giddey, guys like that. So I can see them splitting one of those. I can see them losing in Dallas. So three and three, four and two, I think it's more optimistic. And during the, the Blazers' last uh, big road trip like that, you know, they they talked about that. They went four and two and they were like, man, we could have went five and one, six and oh. So just... I think I think at this point in the season, if you go four and two on his six game road trip, you're pretty satisfied with that. So, well, I don't want to get too uh, too unrealistic with it. Well, hey, I mean that would qualify though. If according yeah. to the the book, according to Marlow, uh, if they go four and zero oh at <laughs> home here, and then go four and two, right? That's that's eight out of ten. That would be a season defining stretch, right? So I mean, so you just kind of predicted it. So I mean, close anyway. So we'll see. Last time we thought they couldn't sink. Last time we gave them a floor, they went below the floor. So we won't do that. But we'll hope that they get close to where you were, 9-3, and 8-2. and two. That would set them up nicely for a run in January in which they have quite a few home games. Granted, some of them are tough, but they get to spend a lot of January at the Moda Center. And if they come into that month on a high, there's a non-zero chance that that high could get higher. So anything else we need to know before we uh, depart and embark on the week ahead? 
Well, I can't think of anything else. Just uh, excited to see how they they you know continue to keep the keep the ball rolling after a two game winning streak. It's been a while since they've been on a winning streak. Uh, so just just being able to say that, I think it's going to be it's going to be just good to say. Hopefully, they can keep that going. And no more injuries. We should say that too. Like, yeah. okay, yeah. We, look, you you look at the Blazers' injury report, and you need like three tweets to get it all in, right? And there aren't enough characters. So that's the other caveat. I mean, Lillard stays healthy. You don't lose Simons or Grant. Obviously, those are the big three right now, and. You can't you can't entirely lose Nurkic either for a long stretch, so that's four that are super important. Uh, we didn't talk about too much. You did a little bit, but Josh Hart is the quiet a quiet key to this team. You can tell when he's fatigued because uh, they just don't win as easily. They don't play as well. So that's that's all five starters playing a pretty key role right now. They got to stay healthy if we want them to be as good as they need to be. They don't have a lot of wiggle room there. Absolutely. I agree with that. They just, that's hard to my favorite player on this team just because of the energy that he brings. Um, and it just, it's infectious. You know, guys see that and they play harder. Um, I can't really say much more than that. I, I just, I, I just appreciate what he does on every, on a night to night basis, playing through injuries, playing through fatigue and, and putting his body on the line for the team every night. That man is a bigger deal than you think he is, especially with the stats this year. Yeah. Very good. All right. For Marlo Ferguson, I am Dave Deckard. All of you out there, don't stop believing, and we will see how the Blazers do this week. Write it down, 4-0. Marlo guaranteed it. Hope your holiday season is going well, and we'll see you again soon.